Alright, so there's a lot to get to today. You might notice that I didn't necessarily cover the inauguration today, and there's a reason for that. It is because on this program, I am dedicated to bring you guys the facts, and I am just not going to devote, devote two hours of my life to promote propaganda being promoted by the left to you guys. So instead, I've decided to bring this as a tribute to President Trump as he left, left office today. The crazy thing, if you have noticed by now, is that even though Democrats control literally every form of the government and of society, but they're still acting like they're losers and they're still angry. Why is that? They censor everybody and they try to justify by spreading misinformation from the far right or QAnon people. Even though the evidence of fraud exists, like how mail-in ballots were tossed from Trump, Plus, they also kicked Republican poll watchers along with the magical pipe burst in Fulton County, which stopped counting the votes. And since the Trump administration came to an end today, it would be unconstitutional to move forward with another impeachment or conviction of the president after he left office. Republicans can go and lambast all over Trump's now that he's lost. But one thing people like Mitch McConnell should know is that they would not be in office without him and they can't compete against Trump's America First policy. He has had by far the best agenda of any politician in my lifetime, and it's close to being with Reagan. There is a reason why 75 million people voted for him, which I'm going to get to that in just one minute, but I can tell you that it was never about race. It had nothing to do with white supremacy. It had to do with the left being completely unmasked. He exposed the authoritarian plans that they are in store for us in the next four years. And their one goal in life was to destroy Western civilization as we know it. People were fed up with their bullshit. They were fed up. The left wanted to return to segregation in schools. And all of this like this talk about America last instead of America first. The MAGA doctrine will succeed if all of us have what President Trump has. And that's a spine. Within a year or two, the MAGA doctrine is going to be reinstituted after Democrats completely destroy this country. So, why are, you, why are we so divided, you might ask? The media now gets a four-year-long vacation, and they decide not to report real news, after all. Well, and plus, they had a role in having the election go for Biden, allegedly. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to bring you guys the truth. The media creates awful caricatures of ordinary people all for their profit and political gain. And as a result, we do not understand each other. And we as we once believed that we did. So now I'm going to get to the own, the reasons why 75 million people voted for Trump, and it'll be because of his accomplishments that the media won't tell you. So, right here is a lengthy list of Trump accomplishments for minorities. He appropriated more money than any president for HBCUs, launched 8,762 opportunity zones of the black community. Under the Trump economy, black unemployment was at the lowest ever. Prison rates for blacks were at an all-time low thanks to prison reform. 2.9 million jobs were created for Latinos. He appointed LGBT people into the government and had five openly gay ambassadors like Rick, Rick Rennell. Trump launched a global campaign to end criminalization of homosexuality in dozens of nations where it is illegal to be gay, such as in the Middle East. Accomplishments for women. Under Trump, women's unemployment was at its lowest for the first time in 65 years. He pardoned Susan B. Anthony, who was the leader of the women's suffrage movement. He signed the INSPIRE Act, which encourages NASA to have more women follow careers in aerospace. And in 2019, 1.5 million jobs were added for women. 
Now for families, the big one is the tax relief bill. He gave middle class families 65% tax cut. Real household income wealth increased by nearly $12 trillion since 2017. 5 million Americans have been lifted off food stamps. They removed the individual mandate on Obamacare, which hurt the middle class and made my health insurance bills soar through the roof. The tax cuts promoted school choice, and Trump signed an executive order calling for vigorous enforcement to protect religious freedom in this country. Veterans. The administration has secured a record $73.1 billion in funding for the Department of Veterans Affairs to provide quality medical care for our veterans, and in 2019, veterans' unemployment rate was 3.1%, the lowest in 19 years. He secured the largest pay raise for the military in decades. He launched REACH, a $53 million two-year government campaign to reduce suicides amongst veterans. The economy. He brought back manufacturing companies to the U.S. from China, J Japan, like he said he would. Six million workers received tax cuts, bonuses, and benefits. Over 100 utility companies have lowered electric, gas, and water rates thanks to the tax cuts. He helped win the U.S. bid to host the 2028 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. He helped win the U.S.-Mexico-Canada United bid to host the 2026 World Cup. Dow Jones hit a record high about 100 times. The tax cuts resulted in $415 billion in tax relief for small business owners. Weekly jobless claims hit a 50-year low. 89% of companies plan to increase workers' compensation thanks to the tax cuts. Poverty rates was at an all-time low before the pandemic. Business hurting regulations from the Obama regime were cut. He signed welfare reform for able-bodied adults. Trade. Trump reached a new trade deal with Japan. As a result of that, Japan will eliminate or reduce tariffs on approximately $7.2 million in agricultural exports. Under the USMCA signed by Trump, Mexico-Canada-US agreement. Reverse that order, but I'm sorry. President Trump, President Enrique Peña Nieto, and Canadian Prime Minister Blackface, oh, excuse me, Justin Trudeau. It created 176,000 new jobs, 76,000 new automotive jobs in that, and a potential for nearly 600,000 new jobs in a $235 billion in economic activity, along with American dairy exports are being expected to grow annually by $315 million and American agricultural exports are expected to increase by $2.2 billion. Companies came back to the U.S. from overseas after job-killing regulations were cut, and for the first time ever, we became energy-independent. Healthcare. Trump lowered the cost of prescription drugs, signed an executive order to force all healthcare providers to disclose the cost of their services, reformed Medicare programs to stop hospitals from overcharging low-income seniors on their drugs. He launched a war against the opioid epi epidemic by launching programs that educate people on substance abuse and how President Trump has also been a huge champion in combating human sex trafficking. He increased the border wall by another 300 miles, which has decreased the amount of sex trafficking going on at the border, which undoubtedly Biden's going to try to tear down that wall in which more sex traffickers are going to come into this country. The environment. Now, despite the left's best attempts to paint him as a science denier, let's look at the facts to back this up. He signed the Save Our Seas in t Act in 2018, which grants $10 million from 2018 to 2022 for NOAA and other agencies to reduce debris in ocean and coastal areas. He signed the Great American Outdoors Act, which pro 
would provide $900 million annually in oil and gas revenues from the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which helps secure land for trails and parks. He signed legislation dis- designating $1.3 million, do- million in new anchor- acres of wilderness, the largest public lands legislation in a decade in 2019, the third year of Trump's presidency. The U.S. reduced its greenhouse gas emissions by 2.1%. Emissions from electric power generator dropped by a massive 10% in 2019 because of the switch from coal to natural gas and renewables in the electric power sector. The president also proposed the Affordable Clean Energy Rule to reduce greenhouse gases, empower states, promote energy independence, and facilitate economic growth and job creation. In the Trump Administration, the Superfund Cleanup Program, 168. Under the Trump administration, EPA has deleted 82 of those. Foreign policy. Trump defeated the ISIS caliphate, along with al-Qaeda, and announced that American troops were being brought back home from Syria afterwards. He killed al-Baghdadi, who was the leader of ISIS, along with Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, who was also responsible for the deaths of hundreds of American soldiers, along with the embassy attack in Benghazi. Israel and Bahrain have decided to reconcile their relationship in a peace deal that was brokered by U.S. President Trump. Trump, along with his son-in-law Jared Kushner, negotiated a historic peace agreement between Israel and the UAE. He followed through on his promise during the campaign trail when he said he was going to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and recognize it as the true capital of Israel. He unveiled the Peace to Prosperity Plan peace plan, to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conference. He opposed the UN Security Council Resolution 2334 that claimed that Israel's settlements have no legal validity. POTUS signed into law the Taylor Force Act, which stated that no American governmental funds shall be given to a Palestinian that financially rewards terrorists or their families. In March 2019, President Trump signed a proclamation that recognized Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights. President Trump has successfully advocated for the cutting waste at the UN. Changes made to the organization's structure allowed the UN to cut hundreds of millions of dollars from their budget, while making the organization more efficient. President Trump has taken action against Russia to protect us from foreign interference in our elections. He, Thank you, Hillary Clinton. He has imposed tough sanctions on corrupt communist regimes in Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. Domestic accomplishments. President Trump signed legislation that authorized the Carl D. Perkins Career and Technical Education Act, making more than $1 billion available for career education programs. Each quarter since taking office, President Trump has donated his presidential salary to charity, as he promised. He officially established the sixth branch of the U.S. military, the Space Force. He announced the accolation of $2 million in federal funding for the 9-11 Memorial and Museum in New York City. Trump signed the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund into law afterwards. And a Gallup poll found that the majority of Americans believe that they were better off now in the Trump administration than they were four years ago. Which people are going to realize what big mistake they made in the next four years. Last and certainly least is the way he handled the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, the Trump administration awarded $107 million to increase the health workforce in underserved communities to improve the quality of distribution and diversity of health health professionals in the U.S., on January June, excuse me, June 4th, 2020, the Trump administration distributed more than 5 million food boxes in an effort to support American farmers and families who have been affected by the Chinese coronavirus. 
POTUS used the Defense Protection Act to produce 20 million more coronavirus testing swabs every month. Trump also used the DPA to ramp up production of ventilators, masks, and other critically needed supplies. And as a result of the pandemic, Trump signed executive orders on August 8, 2020 that implemented a $400 per week supplemental unemployment payment to out-of-work Americans. He also unveiled an extension of student loan relief and protections from evictions for renters and homeowners. Trump also signed a payroll tax holiday to America's earnings less than $100,000 through the end of the year. Trump responded to COVID-19 with Operation Warp Speed to move the vaccine into market. He signed the CARES Act, which elevated hardships, letting laid-off workers continue to pay for rent and food. He also imposed the China travel ban before the coronavirus can spread within the U.S. Now here's the other segment of my little tribute to President Trump. Now this first one's a good one, and I think it's the one that helped him win the presidency during the second debate with Hillary Clinton. Probably one of the most iconic moments during his presidency. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Oh, man, that moment right there was when the establishment realized he could not be restrained. I can't play the moment he came down the golden escalator, but I do have the promise he made when he announced he was running for his campaign. I am officially running for president of the United States, and we are going to make our country great again. I will be the greatest jobs president that God ever created. I tell you that. I'll bring back our jobs from China, from Mexico, from Japan, from so many places. I'll bring back our jobs and I'll bring back our money. Sadly, the American dream is dead. But if I get elected president, I will bring it back bigger and better and stronger than ever before, and we will make America great again. Thank you. He won, and then the Empire literally struck back. Peter struck, that is. Even since he came down the escalator, escalator, instantly they began prepping for the coup and the bogus impeachment. And unfortunately, people like Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, James Clapper, John Brennan, James Comey, and Hillary Clinton will or even face prosecution under a Biden regime. The day they found out that he won, they began to entrap Michael Flynn, and that's where they thought they could get to him. But Trump never did break his bonds. Now, I remember seeing this video, and I just think this is too funny. I just had to show this on here because the media was so deeply convinced that Trump just couldn't win. Donald Trump, just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. 
Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown. Do- Donald, Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump. You know, he's a clown. The likely moderator yeah. apparently, apparently believes that Donald Trump is a clown. Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States! Exclamation point at real Donald Trump. At real Donald Trump. At least I will go down as a president. So basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end? This is probably starting of the beginning of the end for, for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now, we have Hillary's about 75 or an 80% favorite. We have different versions of the forecast you can look at. The poll has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, in a four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But, but come on, come on, buddy. We are making a projection right now. Donald Trump will take over. That's it. I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while uh, we project, will win in Kentucky with Indiana with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota, with its three electoral votes in South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas, with its six electoral votes, Nebraska, with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming, with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Also, you're not dead and you haven't gone to hell. This is your life now. This is our election now. This is us. This is our country. It's real. (laughs) Oh, man. But this has to be one of my all-time favorite moments. When he invites Crazy Nancy and Chuck Schumer over to the White House and just lambast them as being failures as career politicians, giving them a little kick in the ass that they needed. Twenty. Time. I don't want to do what you did. Twenty but, times Chuck. you have called for. I will shut down the government if I don't get my wool. None of us have you said. You want to know something? You said. Okay, it. you want to put that you on my said head. It. I'll take it. Okay, okay, good. You know what I'll say? Yes. If we don't get what we want, one way or the other, whether it's through you, through a military, through anything you want to call, I will shut down the government. Okay, absolutely. Enough. And I am proud. And I'll we tell you disagree. what. I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. 
I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. The last time you shut it down, it didn't work. I will take the mantle Good. of shutting down. And I'm going to shut it down for border but security. But we you shouldn't okay. shut it down. God, I wish we had more presidents do that to career politicians like those two. Also, let's not forget he made them go on offense. And let's also not forget Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, and Brett Kavanaugh finally confirmed to the Supreme Court. And we have all three of their oath ceremonies just right here. Huge accomplishment for this president. I, Neil M. Gorsuch, do solemnly swear. I, Neil M. Gorsuch, do solemnly swear that I will administer justice without respect to persons. That I will administer justice without respect to persons. And do equal right to the poor and to the rich. And do equal right to the poor and to the rich. And that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me all the duties incumbent upon me as associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States as associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States under the Constitution and laws of the United States under the Constitution and laws of the United States so help me God so help me God congratulations Are you ready to take the oath? I am. Will you please repeat after me? I, Brett M. Kavanaugh, do solemnly swear. I, Brett M. Kavanaugh, do solemnly swear. That I will administer justice without respect to persons. That I will administer justice without respect to persons. And do equal right to the poor and to the rich. And do equal right to the poor and to the rich. And that I will faithfully and impartially, and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform, discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me, all the duties incumbent upon me, as Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, as Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, under the Constitution and laws of the United States, under the Constitution and laws of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. I, Amy Coney Barrett, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. Or purpose of evasion. Or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. And that I will well and faithfully discharge. The duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. The duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Thanks to President Trump, the courts are now back in the constitutionalist's hands. We will have a court that will actually interpret the Constitution as it was written by our fathers. They tried to impeach him, but after the first one failed, he let the fake news media have it. I've done things wrong in my life, I will admit. Not purposely, but I've done things wrong. But this is what the end result is.
acquitted for life. He grew the Republican Party in the black community, and it was a great start with Kanye West visiting the White House. Uh, it's more important than any specific deal, any, anything, that we bring jobs into America and that we provide a transition with mental health and the American uh, uh, education curriculum. You can look up the rest online. That was a 19-minute clip, and I only did a small snippet of it. But when you're in the shoes of Trump, and you have to take risks, and he did just that. He's also one of the most pro-life presidents we've ever had, which is one of the things I think I'll miss most about him. And he's the first to even speak at the March for Life. It is my profound honor to be the first president in history to attend the March for Life. We're here for a very simple reason, to defend the right of every child born and unborn to fulfill their God-given potential. For 47 years, Americans of all backgrounds have traveled from across the country to stand for life. And today, as President of the United States, I am truly proud to stand with you. And then the China plague came, the Chinese coronavirus, and he lambasted China for doing this. And to fight the China virus, it's the China virus, not the coronavirus. Corona sounds like a place in Italy, a beautiful place. It's Corona. No, it's the China virus. They don't want to say it. You know, the radical left, they don't want to say it. <laughs> See, it, I'm going to miss that, the humor in this guy. This next one's a little loud, sorry for the headphone users, because Marine One's in the background getting ready to take off, and he's lambasting the UN for ripping us off, having us bail out other countries. The Germany's delinquent. They haven't paid their fees. They haven't paid their NATO fees. And uh, they're way off. And they've been off for years, and they have no intention of paying it. And the United States has been taken advantage of on trade and on military and on everything else for many years, and I'm here, and I've been straightening it out. He crossed the DMZ to bring peace, or try to bring peace in the Korean Peninsula, which is, this one's not really chatty, but I want to show you this because this was a moment in history that we needed to see. For the first time, a sitting United States president sets foot in North Korea. My friend. Good to see you again. I've never expected to meet you at this place. That's good. It's my honor. Would you like to accept the call? If you have I hope that Joe Biden does not do something stupid like try to destroy our working relationship with North Korea along with tearing down the border wall. But Trump also kept his promise on being having that wall built. And here's a little ex excerpt of that. But unlike those who came before me, I kept my promises. And today we celebrate an extraordinary milestone, the completion of the promised 450 miles of border wall. 450 miles. Nobody realizes how big that is. At the end of this show, I'm going to end this show by playing President Trump's farewell address. Because this is one of his best speeches ever. And it's an important one that we shall remember when midterms come up. 
Now, some of you might be asking out there, what do we do from here now? Well, things are going to get tougher from here on out, that's for sure. And that's kind of a tough reality to see. But things will get better. Because in the Bible says that when you trust in God and trust his commandments, you will experience persecution. But the battle has already been won when he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, in the world to die for our sins on that cross. We will get through this. This country has experienced many worse things before, and in the end we've always prevailed. The fact of the matter is, we have a country to save. And when Joe Biden says it's time for unity, he's right. I mean, he could start by saying that he should end the rhetoric that we needed a deep platform Trump supporters. But the main way we can save this country is if we vote these people out of office. In the end, it always begins at the ballot box. Mr. President, on behalf of the people in this program and behalf of the American people of this country, I'd like to thank you for four excellent years. My life has changed so much better because of you. May God bless you and your family. And God bless all you listening. Hopefully you have a good night. If you like what you hear, give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you can also check us out on Spotify. Have a good day. I'm here to do and so much more. This week we inaugurate a new administration and pray for its success in keeping America safe and prosperous. We extend our best wishes and we also want them to have luck a very important word. I'd like to begin by thanking just a few of the amazing people who made our remarkable journey possible. First, let me express my overwhelming gratitude for the love and support of our spectacular First Lady, Melania. Let me also share my deepest appreciation to my daughter, Ivanka, my son-in-law, Jared, and to Baron, Don, Eric, Tiffany, and Lara, You fill my world with light and with joy. I also want to thank Vice President Mike Pence, his wonderful wife Karen, and the entire Pence family. Thank you as well to my Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, the dedicated members of the White House staff, and the Cabinet and all of the incredible people across our administration who poured out their heart and soul to fight for America. I also want to take a moment to thank a truly exceptional group of people, the United States Secret Service. My family and I will forever be in your debt. My profound gratitude as well to everyone in the White House military office, the teams of Marine One and Air Force One, every member of the armed forces, and state and local law enforcement all across our country. Most of all, I want to thank the American people. To serve as your president has been an honor beyond description. Thank you for this extraordinary privilege. And that's what it is, a great privilege and a great honor. We must never forget that while Americans will always have our disagreements, we are a nation of incredible, decent, faithful, and peace-loving citizens who all want our country to thrive and flourish and be very, very successful and good. We are a truly magnificent nation. All Americans were horrified by the assault on our capital. Political violence is an attack on everything we cherish as Americans. It can never be tolerated. Now more than ever, we must unify around our shared values and rise above the partisan rancor and forge our common destiny. 
Four years ago, I came to Washington as the only true outsider ever to win the presidency. I had not spent my career as a politician, but as a builder looking at open skylines and imagining infinite possibilities. I ran for president because I knew there were towering new summits for America just waiting to be scaled. I knew the potential for our nation was boundless as long as we put America first. So I left behind my former life and stepped into a very difficult arena, but an arena nevertheless with all sorts of potential, if properly done. America had given me so much and I wanted to give something back. Together with millions of hardworking patriots across this land, we built the greatest political movement in the history of our country. We also built the greatest economy in the history of the world. It was about America first because we all wanted to make America great again. We restored the principle that a nation exists to serve its citizens. Our agenda was not about right or left. It wasn't about Republican or Democrat, but about the good of a nation. And that means the whole nation. With the support and prayers of the American people, we achieved more than anyone thought possible. Nobody thought we could even come close. We passed the largest package of tax cuts and reforms in American history. We slashed more job-killing regulations than any administration had ever done before. We fixed our broken trade deals, withdrew from the horrible Trans-Pacific Partnership and the impossible Paris Climate Accord, renegotiated the one-sided South Korea deal, and we replaced NAFTA with the groundbreaking USMCA, that's Mexico and Canada, a deal that's worked out very, very well. Also, and very importantly, we imposed historic and monumental tariffs on China, made a great new deal with China, but before the ink was even dry, we and the whole world got hit with the China virus. Our trade relationship was rapidly changing. Billions and billions of dollars were pouring into the U.S., but the virus forced us to go in a different direction. The whole world suffered, but America outperformed other countries economically because of our incredible economy and the economy that we built. Without the foundations and footings, it wouldn't have worked out this way. We wouldn't have some of the best numbers we've ever had. We also unlocked our energy resources and became the world's number one producer of oil and natural gas by far. Powered by these policies, we built the greatest economy in the history of the world. We reignited America's job creation and achieved record low unemployment for African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women, almost everyone. Income soared, wages boomed, the American dream was restored, and millions were lifted from poverty in just a few short years. It was a miracle. Stock market set one record after another with 148 stock market highs during this short period of time and boosted the retirements and pensions of hardworking citizens all across our nation. 401ks are at a level they've never been at before. We've never seen numbers like we've seen, and that's before the pandemic and after the pandemic.
We rebuilt the American manufacturing base, opened up thousands of new factories, and brought back the beautiful phrase, made in the USA. To make life better for working families, we doubled the child tax credit and signed the largest ever expansion of funding for child care and development. We joined with the private sector to secure commitments to train more than 16 million American workers for the jobs of tomorrow. When our nation was hit with the terrible pandemic, we produced not one, but two vaccines with record-breaking speed, and more will quickly follow. They said it couldn't be done, but we did it. They called it a medical miracle, and that's what they're calling it right now, a medical miracle. Another administration would have taken three, four, five, maybe even up to 10 years to develop a vaccine. We did it in nine months. We grieve for every life lost, and we pledge in their memory to wipe out this horrible pandemic once and for all. When the virus took its brutal toll on the world's economy, we launched the fastest economic recovery our country has ever seen. We passed nearly $4 trillion in economic relief, saved or supported over 50 million jobs, and slashed the unemployment rate in half. These are numbers that our country has never seen before. We created choice and transparency in healthcare, stood up to Big Pharma in so many ways, but especially in our effort to get favored nations clauses added, which will give us the lowest prescription drug prices anywhere in the world. We passed VA choice, VA accountability, right to try, and landmark criminal justice reform. We confirmed three new justices of the United States Supreme Court. We appointed nearly 300 federal judges to interpret our Constitution as written. For years, the American people pleaded with Washington to finally secure the nation's borders. I am pleased to say we answered that plea and achieved the most secure border in U.S. history. We have given our brave border agents and heroic ICE officers the tools they need to do their jobs better than they have ever done before and to enforce our laws and keep America safe. We proudly leave the next administration with the strongest and most robust border security measures ever put into place. This includes historic agreements with Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, along with more than 450 miles of powerful new wall we restored American strength at home and American leadership abroad. The world respects us again. Please don't lose that respect. We reclaimed our sovereignty by standing up for America at the United Nations and withdrawing from the one-sided global deals that never served our interests. And NATO countries are now paying hundreds of billions of dollars more than when I arrived just a few years ago. It was very unfair. We were paying the cost for the world. Now the world is helping us. And perhaps most importantly of all, with nearly $3 trillion, we fully rebuilt the American military, all made in the USA. We launched the first new branch of the United States Armed Forces in 75 years, the Space Force. And last spring, I stood at Kennedy Space Center in Florida and watched as American astronauts returned to space 
on American rockets for the first time in many, many years. We revitalized our alliances and rallied the nations of the world to stand up to China like never before. We obliterated the ISIS caliphate and ended the wretched life of its founder and leader, al-Baghdadi. We stood up to the oppressive Iranian regime and killed the world's top terrorist, Iranian butcher Qasem Soleimani. We recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and recognized Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. As a result of our bold diplomacy and principled realism, we achieved a series of historic peace deals in the Middle East. Nobody believed it could happen. The Abraham Accords opened the doors to a future of peace and harmony, not violence and bloodshed. It is the dawn of a new Middle East, and we are bringing our soldiers home. I am especially proud to be the first president in decades who has started no new wars. Above all, we have reasserted the sacred idea that in America, the government answers to the people. Our guiding light, our North Star, our unwavering conviction has been that we are here to serve the noble, everyday citizens of America. Our allegiance is not to the special interests, corporations, or global entities. It's to our children, our citizens, and to our nation itself. As president, my top priority, my constant concern, has always been the best interests of American workers and American families. I did not seek the easiest course. By far, it was actually the most difficult. I did not seek the path that would get the least criticism. I took on the tough battles, the hardest fights, the most difficult choices, because that's what you elected me to do. Your needs were my first and last unyielding focus. This, I hope, will be our greatest legacy. Together, we put the American people back in charge of our country. We restored self-government. We restored the idea that in America, no one is forgotten because everyone matters and everyone has a voice. We fought for the principle that every citizen is entitled to equal dignity, equal treatment, and equal rights because we are all made equal by God. Everyone is entitled to be treated with respect, to have their voice heard, and to have their government listen. You are loyal to your country, and my administration was always loyal to you. We worked to build a country in which every citizen could find a great job and support their wonderful families. We fought for the communities where every American could be safe and schools where every child could learn. We promoted a culture where our laws would be upheld, our heroes honored, our history preserved, and law-abiding citizens are never taken for granted. Americans should take tremendous satisfaction in all that we have achieved together. It's incredible. Now, as I leave the White House, I have been reflecting on the dangers that threaten the priceless inheritance we all share. As the world's most powerful nation, America faces constant threats and challenges from abroad. But the greatest danger we face is a loss of confidence in ourselves, a loss of confidence in our national greatness. A nation is only as strong as its spirit. We are only as dynamic as our pride. We are only as vibrant as the faith that beats in the hearts of our people. No nation can long thrive that loses faith in its own values, history, and heroes. 
for these are the very sources of our unity and our vitality. What has always allowed America to prevail and triumph over the great challenges of the past has been an unyielding and unashamed conviction in the nobility of our country and its unique purpose in history. We must never lose this conviction. We must never forsake our belief in America. The key to national greatness lies in sustaining and instilling our shared national identity. That means focusing on what we have in common, the heritage that we all share. At the center of this heritage is also a robust belief in free expression, free speech, and open debate. Only if we forget who we are and how we got here could we ever allow political censorship and blacklisting to take place in America. It's not even thinkable. Shutting down free and open debate violates our core values and most enduring traditions. In America, we don't insist on absolute conformity or enforce rigid orthodoxies and punitive speech codes. We just don't do that. America is not a timid nation of tame souls who need to be sheltered and protected from those with whom we disagree. That's not who we are. It will never be who we are. For nearly 250 years, in the face of every challenge, Americans have always summoned our unmatched courage, confidence, and fierce independence. These are the miraculous traits that once led millions of everyday citizens to set out across a wild continent and carve out a new life in the Great West. It was the same profound love of our God-given freedom that willed our soldiers into battle and our astronauts into space. As I think back on the past four years, one image rises in my mind above all others. Whenever I traveled all along the motorcade route, there were thousands and thousands of people. They came out with their families so that they could stand as we passed and proudly wave our great American flag. It never failed to deeply move me. I knew that they did not just come out to show their support of me. They came out to show me their support and love for our country. This is a republic of proud citizens who are united by our common conviction that America is the greatest nation in all of history. We are and must always be a land of hope, of light, and of glory to all the world. This is the precious inheritance that we must safeguard at every single turn. For the past four years, I have worked to do just that. From a great hall of Muslim leaders in Riyadh to a great square of Polish people in Warsaw, from the floor of the Korean Assembly to the podium at the United Nations General Assembly, and from the Forbidden City in Beijing to the shadow of Mount Rushmore, I fought for you, I fought for your family, I fought for our country. Above all, I fought for America and all it stands for. And that is safe, strong, proud, and free. Now, as I prepare to hand power over to a new administration at noon on Wednesday, I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. There's never been anything like it. The belief that a nation must serve its citizens will not dwindle, but instead only grow stronger by the day. As long as the American people hold in their hearts deep and devoted love of country, 
then there is nothing that this nation cannot achieve. Our communities will flourish. Our people will be prosperous. Our traditions will be cherished. Our faith will be strong. And our future will be brighter than ever before. I go from this majestic place with a loyal and joyful heart, an optimistic spirit, and a supreme confidence that for our country and for our children, the best is yet to come. Thank you and farewell. God bless you. God bless the United States of America.